Thank you, Jesus. That you make a way where there seems to be no way. You make a way where there seems to be no way. Because that's who you are. That is who you are. That's who you are. You make a way where there seems to be no way. Because that's just the kind of God you are. We praise you for it, Lord. We worship you in here tonight. We worship you in here tonight. We worship you in this house, oh God. Lord, I just pray tonight that living waters will truly be of living waters. And Lord, we will be a water hole for the world that you will use us as a ministry center of healing unto the nation. That people all over the world will be healed because of the anointing that you put on us in Jesus' name. Lord, that many souls will be touched and many souls will be healed. That you will use us, Lord, the body here, to minister to the body around the world. Lord, I praise you for it. I praise you for it, Lord. Just a releasing of the giftings, a releasing of your, your anointing and your hand upon us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now set your agreement with that person beside you by praying for them and just setting your agreement saying, I believe this with all of my heart. blessing upon each and every person this night. Lord, your hand of blessing upon each person this night. Those people that are needing to make decisions, Lord, I just declare your hand of blessing upon them. Leading and guiding and directing, Lord. Because that's what you want, Lord. To lead us, guide us, and direct us. So this night, Lord, your hand of blessing upon them. Everyone out there, your hand of blessing upon them right now. 
And Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now look at that person beside you and say, hey, God's doing it. Yes, he is. Thank you, Jesus. God is doing it. Everybody say God's doing it. Man, I'm telling y'all what, this is the anointed place to be. I've been really praying hard about and asking the Lord to give me a word. I just want a word for the time that we're in. And, uh, and, and I would, you know, we all have different relationships with the Lord and the way he speaks to us. And and he just spoke to me real quickly. He said, I've got it all covered. Don't worry. And I said, yeah, I know, but I'd like a word. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know we got it covered. I know you're in charge. Everything's all right. But I, I, I need a little, I want a little something else. And, and uh, so it's been interesting because the way the Lord speaks to me so many times is I start, I start running over or running into the same scriptures all the time or, or, or it, it keeps popping up, you know, no matter where I'm reading, it didn't seem what chapter I'm in in the Bible, I keep this, the same thing starts popping up. And, and so I've been spending a lot of time just because it was in my daily reading, but then it just became alive to me, uh, the book of Joshua. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's great stories in the book of Joshua. They're taking the promised land. They're conquering all that, you know, and, and, and uh, but it's like five or six people I've spoken to or heard or read or something else said, Joshua, 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 Joshua. And, and, and I was just laughing because I was like, okay, Lord, you know, so Anyway, I want to share something with you tonight. Probably going to take it into Sunday. But um, uh, the title of the message is Seeing the Unseen. And I want you to look at Joshua chapter 3, verse 5 for just a second. Joshua 3, 5. This is right where Israel is getting ready to go into the promised land, but there's a real prophetic word here for us tonight. You see, church, I believe God is about to do something great. I, 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 I'm going to show you some other things tonight, you know, and, and like I said, sometimes I get shocked. Sometimes I almost get a little discouraged, but I just believe that we are on the precipice of God doing something magnificent. I was talking to Dr. Brown the other day and I said, really what, what kind of rattles me is that, you know, you know, you read in the Bible and it's very easy to do this, especially if you've been a Christian for very long. You, you read in your Bible and you read the stories and you read, you know, Jesus going to the the woman at the well will say, or Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. Or, you know, and you start to read these things and you start to get to where you're like, okay, we're, you know, yeah, I know that. Uh -huh. Yeah, I know that. You know, Martha and Mary. Yeah, yeah, you know, I know. Yeah, Martha and Mary. And if you don't watch it, what happens is it just begins to be rhetoric. And see, what we got to have right now is the living word. We got to have the word that's alive and popping to us that Jesus is taking that and showing it to us. But then there's this other thing, like let's just say, you know, Acts chapter 7 and 8, where uh, all of the disciples are getting persecuted and they, they go out and they're, they're going out all over the land and everything. And you read that, then if you try to, if you're like a person like me, I have a very uh, big imagination. Always have had a very big imagination. I grew up on a ranch. I had a sister. She was older. We didn't play much together necessarily. And I was always playing alone, always doing my own thing. And I don't know why God just used this to develop this great imagination. If you say to me anything, 
If you say, I was looking at this house on Elm Street and it was so nice, it had these pillars. I, I see it. I mean, my mind, instantly, my mind, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing what it looks like, whether it's really it or not. I'm imagining what it looks like, right? If you said, we went up into the mountains and it was so pretty and there was snow all over it. It was in the trees and the aspens were quaking and all this. I'm looking at it. I'm seeing it in my mind. That's just who I am. And so it's real easy. When I'm reading the Bible, I start seeing these things. And like, I'm imagining, what was it like? What was the fishing boat like? What did the fishing net look like? You know, and I just know from what I know, what I've read and what I've, you know, right? But I don't really know that that's right, but I'm imagining it. And so... It's real easy sometimes for people just to quit imagining what it was like. Quit looking at, 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 at and just start reading, and you're just reading a story. You're not reading the living word of God that's leaping off to you, and you're saying, oh, my gosh, imagine how cool that is. Hello? And I, and I got, it hit me the other day. We are living in a time that if it was... It is being, but we're not getting to read it. If it was, if we were reading it in our Bibles, we wouldn't believe it was true, right? We're living at a time right now that it's just like Hezekiah looking over the wall and saying, wow, that's a bunch of Assyrians. Are y'all with me? And I'm telling you, you're living in biblical times. We're going to see the big event take place on our time right now. We're going to see this big event God's going to do. It's going to be massive. He's going to be loosed over everything. Everybody's going to be shocked. We're going to be in the middle of it saying, wow, Father, you really showed up. All right? I mean, you can go back and you can say you can even take it into the day. There were people... You know, that, 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 that lived through the great awakening in America where, where, where you know, someone like Charles Finney would just walk into a, a, a textile mill or walk into a wherever and people would just begin to weep and cry because they were so convicted of the Holy Ghost on them and they weren't right with God and just fall down and get saved just because the man walked into the building. That took place in America. Azusa Street Revival, it took place in America. Hello? Are y'all with me? And so we're about to live in that. It's just about to take place. We're just about to see. It's already starting. There's some little, some little, you know, some little shaking, some little things going on, but we haven't got to the big stuff yet. And it's just about to happen. Well, Joshua 3, 5 fits in that. They're about to go into the promised land. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. Now, there's a message right there. Okay, I could just stop right there, but I'm going to save it for Sunday. Okay, but it says, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. And I read that and it leaped off the page to me. I said, is it tomorrow, Lord? <laughs> you know, is it going to be Thursday? The was it? Third? December 3rd? I don't know, but I just know this. It's close. And then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over. Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took the Ark. Now, something I thought was interesting. I found this over in the book of. Um, well, it was in the book of Joshua, first chapter, I believe. He told Moses, I mean, the Lord told Joshua to always send the Ark out in front of them, but to stay a thousand cubits away from it. And I read that and I was like, a thousand cubits. And so, you know, there's always a, 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 a deal about how long a cubit is, but it was, you know, a cubit was from a man's elbow to his tips of his fingers, but which man? 
right? If you measured mine or you took Chad Hillis up here and put his set there, you know what I mean? His cubit going to change a good bit, right? And so, but they come up with this figure, and, and like I said, I don't know if it's true. This is one of those things. That 28 inches is about what they were saying it would be. Well, if you do that, that's about like a half a mile away. So Masa Menos, a half a mile. They had to stay away from it. Isn't it amazing that we get to go boldly into the throne room of grace? But they had to stay half a mile away. So anyway, so they took the ark up, and they're going over there, and it says, this day will begin, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel. And that's one of the things that's going to start to happen. Christians are going to start to be exalted in the United States, not put down. Can I have an amen? It's one of the things you're going to see happen shortly. You say, oh, Robert, Pastor, Dr. Richards, I really, you know, I think you may be missing this one. Doesn't look too good. Well, just hang on, get to the rest of the message here. He says, this day I'll begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that you may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now, let me ask you something, folks. I mean, I got a lot of scripture in my Bible that says God's got us covered. You can go back into Psalms 91, we're under the wing, going to John 10, 29, we're in the palm of his hand. We can go into, you know, Hebrews 13, he ain't never going to leave us nor forsake us. You know, I mean, you just got scripture all over top of scripture, all the top of scripture, right? And God's not going to leave you and he's not going to forsake you. So then what's going to happen? Oh my gosh, the Democrats got so bad, they threw it all up and the, that all liberals are in charge and God's not with us anymore. Pooh. I say, poo. This day I will be with you as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant, saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. The precipice, the edge. That's where we are right now. The edge. Just about to take a foot. Just about to step in. Just about to go into the water. And then you know what happened? They stepped in. The water's parted back, right? Hello? Went back from Adam all the way to the beginning to the other end of it. So what's about to happen, folks? Okay? But what's trying to take, what, what, what's happening here now, it's really kind of funny to me because it seems to me that the devil's overplaying his hand. All right? Because he always does that. Now I want to take you back to another time, happened roughly 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was being crucified. And so here's Jesus. He's walking down the Via della Rosa, carrying a cross. They whipped him, beat him, mocked him, spit on him, hit him, shoved all of these things. He's, he's whipped so much that his ribs are showing, his bones are showing. He's going down the Via della Rosa, going to the cross. And the devil said, I won. He's just got to make it to the top of the hill. We're going to kill him up there. I did it. I killed the son of God. Don't you know all the little demons and the little imps and the little you know, nasty little whatevers were over there just jumping up and down, having a little, you know, squealing dance, squealing like little pigs running around. Wee, 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 wee. We won, we won, we won. Right? And then, you know, they, they probably still had the party. It was a long party. Went on into Saturday. Oh, but then what happened? Sunday came, right? And they didn't expect that one. Well, the same thing's about to take place because it always does that. God never is late. He's always on time. 
And he never comes up and shows himself forth. You know, like I've, you know, like I've told y'all this so many times. I, I, it, would, it would not be good if I was God. Because I would have angels flying around chopping people's heads off. And I mean, they'd be showing up, raw, you know, just doing all kinds of stuff and just scaring the life out of everybody, you know. And, and that's what I would have going on right now. Lightning bolts just coming out of the sky, fry somebody. You know, I'd be putting on a good show right now if I was God. But God's not like that. It's like I told you Sunday, he's always got a Moses prepared, Right? When the children of Israel, before they even prayed, he already had a Moses prepared. God knew this day was coming. He's, God's not wringing his hands saying, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? He already knew it was coming. Okay? But the devil always overplays his hand. And this word popped in my head today. He's playing psyops on us. Okay? You know what psyops are? Dr. Brown does, being a military man. Psyops is the thing that the military uses, or anybody can use it. Psyops is a psychological operations, okay, where they try to get into people's heads in a country they're taking over and try to sway the public and sway the people or sway the governments or sway whatever, and propaganda is put out to try to get them. Now, I, this is not coming from the Seth Robert, I mean, from the Bible or even my words. I, I found this. It says psychological operations are operations to convey selected information and indicators to audiences to influence their emotions, their motives, and objective reasoning, and ultimately the behavior of governments, organizations, groups, and individuals. Now, I'm telling you what, folks, PSYOPs is taking, is going rampant in America. This is what this is. They know what it is. The devil knows what it is. He knows it's a tactic. Throw it out there. Put the fear in them. You don't wear a mask, you're going to die. You're going to die. Okay? Oh, by the way, there's, you know, then the CDC puts out something that says, oh, you have a 98.9% recovery. Oh, oh, shh. It says various techniques are used and are aimed at influencing a target audience. Now, actually, I got this off the FBI's website. I didn't hack it or anything. <laughs> it was there for the taking. Various techniques are used and are aimed at influencing a target audience. The value system, the belief system, emotions, motive, reasoning, or behavior. Uh, sound familiar? It is used to induce, induce confusion or reinforce attitudes and behaviors favorable to the originator's objectives and are sometimes combined with black operations or false flag. It also is used to destroy the morale of the enemy through tactics that aim to depress troops. All right? Now, as I kept studying this, I thought it was interesting. Because PSYOPs has been used forever. It's not like, like, like just one day the, the, you know, the United States came up with the idea or whatever. It's been used forever, for centuries. PSYOPs has been used. They just didn't call it that, Okay. And in the 13th century, one of the masters of this was Genghis Khan. Okay? And so he employed subtle techniques and sometimes more severe techniques. 
And one of them was that he would attack an enemy. And if the enemy fought back, then he would destroy every person in the village. Then he would send somebody to the next village and say, if you don't submit, this is what we're going to do to you. We're killing everybody in the village. But if you submit, we'll just take you over, plunder you, and let you live. And so they said, oh, I don't believe it. Well, then they'd go in there and just kill everybody in there. And then they'd say, okay, we've done two like this. Do y'all want to be three? Until so they, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. We're going to do And then he may kill them all anyway, because they would let their defenses down, or he may let them live. But he was messing with their brains, right? Messing with their minds. Okay. Another tactic that he employed was that um, he wanted to seem like his numbers in his army were greater than they actually were. So he had every person, when they would attack at night, carry three torches. So it looked like there was three of them, not one of them. So when they looked out there, they were like, look how big the army is. But there was only one guy carrying three torches. All right. So then another tactic he used was he wanted his, his army to look, again, big. So he tied to the tail of the horses. And, 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 and it, was a, it was, a, it was a, something that drug on the ground, all right, to stir up the dust. So that when they came riding through open areas where there was, you know, not a lot of brush or something, right? You could get, get your horse's tail caught, but, you know that they would stir up dust. And so when they would look at it coming, they'd say, look, they'd see this huge dust cloud being formed. And everybody would say, there's, you know, it's a huge army, but it wasn't. And people would give up, people would stop. And then the other thing he used was that he specially, he was one of the first to come up with the idea to specially notch arrows so that when they shot in the air, they would whistle. So you just didn't like get stuck. You're just down there. How do you think, Charlie? Oh, got hit and fell over. You heard this <laughs> of the arrow coming. He notched them. All this was just psyops going on to make the enemy already become depressed and discouraged before he ever even attacked. Now. Psyops has been used, been used by, in every war going on. We used it in wars ourselves. It's been used in World War II. Uh, the D-Day the, the invasion, Psyops was used. They let out a little bit of information to make the Germans think they were attacking over here. They sent other ships over there. They did maneuvers to make them think they were over here. They disinformation them, deceived them, but they gave away false information to them so that they would think they were attacking over here while we attacked over That's psyops. That's what it is. Okay? Now, the enemy's trying to use psyops on us right now. Devil's been around forever. He's seen it all work, so he, he, he understands it. So he's trying to use psyops on us right now. You listen to one broadcast, he says, oh, this is never going to happen. What are they doing? You listen to the other one over here and say, oh, there's hope we're going to do this. And you go, this is not. This just drives you crazy. Hello? Disinformation. 
going out there. They're using it. The enemy is using it right now. Now, I'm not going to blame, like I've said to this whole thing, I'm not blaming the Democrats. I'm not blaming the liberals. I'm not blaming progressives. The devil just got a mouthpiece through them. It's, it's between the devil and God, I'm telling you. And I'm not saying the Republicans are all God. I'm just saying it's good and evil. It's light and dark. That's what it is. And he wants to destroy. I've got to say this because I, just, I, just, I don't know if y'all saw this today, but uh, I, I was blown away. And then I told my wife, I've got to quit saying that every morning when I read the papers or look at the, the news or anything. I've got to quit saying, I can't believe this because, it, you know, it just it never is. That it's, it was put out by the Wall Street Journal today. So this is, you know, probably, I guess, as good as you can get. Maybe it's disinformation. I don't know. But it seems to me like it should be. But that the, the NASDAQ, you know, the trading NASDAQ, that they put out a day that nobody is going to trade in on the NASDAQ. No company will trade on the NASDAQ unless they are totally in compliant with gender relations with the LGBT. That they have to have, they have to have, you know, they can't just have all men on the board. They have to have women, they have to have color, they have to have gender, and they have to have somebody that is LGBT on the board or they will not trade on the NASDAQ. So I, when I read that, I was like... <laughs> I mean, you're just there, man. You you went too far. You're gonna really make somebody mad now that's got some money. All right. So I'm just saying, craziness, right? Go to Hebrews eleven six. Hebrews eleven six. Now let's get into the biblical side of this. I told you what psyops is. I told you psyops is being played on you right now. Don't fall for it. Hebrews 11, 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. All right? He's the one in charge. He is. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, if you look up the word, the Greek word for diligent there, it means to seek out, to search for. To, to seek out, to investigate, to scrutinize, to seek out for oneself, to beg or to crave, to demand and require. In other words, it's saying the person that's going to have be walking in faith and believing that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him are going to be those people that are hungry, that are ravenous, that are saying, God, in the midst of psyops going on, you're standing there saying, God, you're going to move. You're manifesting. You are amazing. God, you're, you're more powerful than all of this. We diligently seek you. We, we, we want to see you manifest on the earth. Arise, oh God, let the enemy be scattered. Those are the diligent people because they believe that he is a rewarder of those who are seeking him. Hello? Listen to me. God is not going to forsake us. We're not going to go off as little Christian scourges. That's what the devil wants to tell you is going to happen. It isn't going to happen. God is not going to let his people that are in the palm of his hand get taken off and out of the, the, the United States and pushed out. And no longer we're going to reinvent America. And it's not going to be the way that, that, that it's always been built upon good Christian moral values. So I'm going to show you this. Go to, go, go to verse 30. I'm still Hebrews 11. Verse 30. I'm back to uh, Joshua. 
In talking of these people in the Hall of Fame of Faith, Hebrews 11.30 brings out Rahab. And it says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab. Do you notice it called her a harlot? It denoted that she was a harlot. All right. Did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Look, she did not perish with those who did not believe. She was the only one and her family that got out of Jericho without being killed. They got killed because they did not believe. She didn't get killed because she believed, sought God diligently, saw the unseen, but let's go read it. So flip over to the book of Joshua chapter 2. And let's just look at her little story right here. Joshua chapter 2, verse 8, we'll start. It says, now before they lay down, because she's hiding them up there, she came up to them on the roof and she said to the men, I know, listen to what she says here, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Sounds to me like that girl's really walking in faith. She goes on and says that the Lord has given you this land, that, that the terror of you has fallen on us. Did the terror fall on just her and her family? Fell on them all. Oh, but she did something that nobody else did. She believed that God was victorious. The terror fell on everybody. Oh, God, let the terror fall on the land right now in the United States. Your terror has fallen on us and that the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. They were faint-hearted, but they didn't turn to him. She did. This old harlot. This old woman of ill repute, lady of the night, that everybody else in town looked at like, who is she? Ooh, she's the only one who made it. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. What? So everybody in town knew this. They all knew that they got delivered from Egypt. All God knew that terror was on them all, but only, only she was believing. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, who were utterly destroyed. And as soon as you've heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did they remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above and on earth beneath. Wow, come on now, Jesus. Are y'all with me? She wasn't some lazy, undiligent Christian. Because there's a lot of Christians sitting around that say, oh, yes, we believe in God, but we just need to go on with this and that. And, you know, <laughs> who are you? Defy the mask order. <laughs> we got folks, listen to me. Because of the psyops that's been played out upon America, the world, but I'm talking about America, we have the, the churches shut down, and then the churches are arguing about shutting down. And that's all they're focused on. Should we wear a mask? Shouldn't we wear a mask? Should we go to church or shouldn't we go to church? What are we going to do? Oh, my. Oh, no. Well, has anybody thought about the terror of the land and not assembling yourself like God said to? 
Has anybody thought about that the word's not getting preached? Well, we're still putting it out on Facebook. We put a message out on Facebook every week. God bless y'all for watching. God bless everybody watching over Facebook. But I'm telling you, you can't stop the church. And my point is here, all of the city of Jericho knew this. And terror was on them all and faint-hearted was on them, but only old Rahab believed in God. And God delivered her. Now, he delivered everybody that was in her house that would believe her. But I'm going to just bet you, the Bible doesn't say, but I'm going to bet you that there were some of the kin folks who said, oh, what are you talking about? Got time to come to your house? We got to get out here and man the wall. Have you ever thought about more of a crazy battle plan than there was of, of the defeat of Jericho? Every day the army gets out, can't say anything marches around the city, and then goes back to their tent. Seven days they do this. And I want to tell you something. I believe with all of my heart that when the wall fell down, it scared the Israelites as much as it did the people inside of Jericho. Because <laughs> I don't think they were like, watch this, watch this, it's going to happen. I think it just, they were just, everybody jumped and run. Broke ranks and tried to get out of the way so the wall didn't fall on them. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think they probably jumped when the walls came down. It's like in the New Testament, and when Peter was in prison, and he got out and he goes to the house and knocks on the door, and it's Peter and the girl that comes out there, they're having a prayer meeting for him to be delivered, and she says, ah, it's Peter. And then she runs back and says, who's Peter? And they say, what are you talking about? Be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. But they're praying for him to be delivered, and he's at the front door, but nobody's got enough sense to go open the door and let him in. That's like a lot of prayer meetings. Oh, God, please manifest yourself. And then he manifests, and everybody's like, oh, I don't know if that's God or not. That's kind of scary. Because they didn't know God to start out with. Well, I don't know. That looks kind of Pentecostal, and we don't do that in our denomination. I mean, we want just everything to just kind of settle down. We don't want everybody to be speaking in tongues or anything. That's scary. Y'all hear what I'm saying, folks? This is what's about to come. See, it's not going to be a bed of roses, I hate to tell you. It's not going to be all nice and pretty, come in with a little bow, Christmas bow tied on it. God's going to manifest, and he's going to come in, and we've got to be willing to be diligent enough to seek him and go with him, whatever, whatever we got to do. Do y'all know that in, in 1920s, 1930s, maybe in the 40s, uh, forgive me for not knowing exactly, but uh, several men, John G. Lake and, uh, and several other men of God were up in, in uh, actually I think it was the state of Washington, and they had a big healing ministry. And they used to have, I am not joking, I am not joking. They used to have ushers, and, and they had to have brooms. The ushers had to have brooms and little dustpans to pick up the tumors that fell off of people while they were praying for them in the, on the aisles. They were the, they were the tumor scoopers. <laughs> because there was such a power of God moving that when they prayed for people, things would just literally fall to the floor, and there'd just be a tumor laying there on the floor. And so they had tumor scoopers. Pretty radical. They had over a, a documented by doctors over 100,000 people healed. But it wasn't all pretty. 
That's what I'm trying to say. It wasn't pretty. You know, there's, I mean, you go to church and you got, what do you do in church? Oh, I'm the tumor scooper. <laughs> Can I just hold the door? I don't know if I want to do that. Hello? Now, go jump back over to Hebrews chapter 12. Have y'all ever seen the, the race? I, I believe the proper name for it is the steeplechase where you're running around a track and you have to jump over this bar, this, you know, big, big wood thing. And then on the other side's water and they jump over and they have to land in the water and go on. Of all the races that there is in life, I just think that would be like the worst. Right? You're running. And when I was, when, you know, I did very little running. I did as little as I could possibly get away with. But whenever I had to do it, it was nothing that I wanted to, like, run and be tired and then think I was going to leap over this wall and then fall into a pit of water and have to work my way out of that. Right? It just seems like the most enduring kind of thing that you could possibly do. I don't know why anybody would sign up for it. But I know this, if that's what the race looks like, that Jesus sets before us, then I'm just going to say, well, all right, Lord, I don't really want to try to run and jump over that thing, and land in the water. But if that's what the race looks like, I'm going to run it. That's where we've got to get to. We've got to get to the place that no matter what it is, we don't want to say, well, Lord, I mean, always, always when we were in, in high school and, if, you know, they'd always come pull us out. Everybody that was just in, that played football and was lifting weights in the field house when they didn't have enough people, they'd make us go run in the track meet. We didn't go run. None of us were trained. None of us could do anything. And I never even got in a set of starting blocks until one time they put me in the starting blocks and told me to, I said, what do you do? Which foot do you, foot do you put forward? And which, which, which is your dominant foot? I said, I don't know. I don't run. And they put me in the 100-yard dash. Me. And I never forget, I started getting those starting blocks and and, and, and so finally I said, it doesn't matter. Okay, I'm not going to win. And thank God it's only 100 yards because I can't look like I lost that bad. <laughs> right? And so we, that always became the race. If we went in there and said, coach, put me in for the 100. Because we knew you couldn't look that bad. You don't want to run the mile. You'll get lapped. Okay? We actually had a guy got lapped. And when the, the winner went through the ribbon, whoosh, like that, he was behind and he just went off the track. And they all said, no, you got one more. He said, no, I don't. <laughs> Not running around by myself from that track. Just take me off. So only, he only did three, you know. <clears throat> but whatever the race looks like before us, we got to run it, folks. And we got to be determined because we've diligently sought the Lord and we're walking in faith and we believe that he is. Whatever the race looks like, we're going to run it. But he gives us a key here. Hebrews 12, 1, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Christians right now, where our biggest job is to get in shape spiritually and I believe physically. Hello? I hate walking. Dr. Brown tells us we've got to walk 30 minutes every day. I hate it. I haven't enjoyed it yet. But I go do it. Grab about it the whole time. I'm trying to get mindfulness, mindfulness as I'm walking. Just be mindful in the moment. I'm like, hip hurts. You know, I want to, feet are tired. I want to go to the house. Right? 
Okay, but I do it, why? Because I want to be in better shape. Because I want to be able to run the race that's set before us. I don't want to get here to where y'all are having service, the Spirit of God's moving, everything's happening. I say, man, can somebody take over? I'm just too tired. My feet hurt. Right? Or in the middle of the service, I said, look, folks, I know it's a long service. We've been here for five hours a day. Everybody's getting saved, feel the Holy Ghost, and tumors are falling off, and tumor scoopers are filled up, and i got to take a nap. I don't want to have endurance. Right? Okay. So it says, we lay aside every weight which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. How? Looking unto Jesus. When I'm walking, I don't like it. I'm just thinking, Jesus, I'm doing this because I believe we're on the precipice of a great thing happening. You're going to do a move right now, and I want to be in the middle of it. I want to have some energy. I don't want to die early. I want to get through this part. So I'm walking. And then there's some days, like yesterday, I felt like a million dollars. Man, I got through, worked hard all day, got through, was doing my walking, walked there walking. And finally, Laura says, Robert. And I was like, yeah, I'm coming. I was just out there trudging along. I was praying, having a good thing, rebuked every devil in hell that I could even think of. All right? So that does happen rarely, but it does happen. I'm believing for every day like that, but it ain't got there yet. So we're going to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of faith. We're doing it for Jesus. Folks, I love Jesus. I'm so glad Jesus saved me. I'm so glad I'm not headed to hell right now. I'm so glad I'm not in the pig pen of life. I'm so glad I'm not over there eating pig food. I'm just so tickled that I made it to heaven. And I'm going to get in the door. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'll do anything for Jesus. I didn't have to jump in this great, through this great hoop or nothing. He just took me in. I'm so happy. I'm so glad. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll serve him every day of my life, right? Because of that. Because I want to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my what? Faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before him. The whole time Jesus is going down. Just think about this. This is an image here. That Jesus' ribs and his bones are showing because they have whipped him so much. That he's got the crown of thorns in him, that he's struggling to get to the cross. He really wants to stop and start laughing. He said, what? He knew he was, that this was victory. But it didn't look like victory to everybody else. It was looking, it looked like defeat. It looked like Jesus was defeated and the devil had won. And that's what it looks like right now. The devil has overplayed his hand and it makes it look like, I've won. I've won. This is what we're going to do. We're going to reinvent America. We're going to shut this down. We're not going to put up with that. We're going to do this. We're going to kill more babies than we've ever killed. And we're going to do what we want to do. Just like he was jumping up and down the you know, waving his flag down the, the Villa de la Rosa when Jesus was walking down there. And Jesus is over there the whole time struggling with the cross and inside wanting to laugh. Stupid, he didn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I doubt he said that, but give me that one, won't you? Because the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you not know that the day when Jesus showed up in hell and the devil just went, what? It didn't work. And that's what's about to happen. People are going to be sitting around with mud on their face saying, uh, what? Go Trump. <laughs> and we're going to say, what? That's what's going to happen. 
They're slapping the handcuffs on everybody, and the next thing you know, everybody's got a, a MAGA hat on. <laughs> no, I voted for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Look over there, Biden's got one on. Take it off, Joe. It's the last scripture here, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know it. This is where we're at. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Man, we can't figure it out. Quit trying to figure it out. Just trust in the Lord. Quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to say this. Oh, my gosh, this, that, and the other. Just quit it. Just trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your understanding. And then in all of your ways, acknowledge him. Folks, that's so important right now to be acknowledging him in all of our ways. Everything we're doing, every foot, every step we're taking, everything that's going on, everything that's taking place. Keep acknowledging him in all of your ways. And then so he's going to direct your paths because there's, you know, you're, man, I'm just telling you, there's all kinds of things out there. And you can just get yourself all in a tizzy. What am I going to do? Should I buy gold? What are you going to do? I'm going to buy lead. I'm going to do this. Oh, my God, you can't get a gun. No. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And then you know what? He'll direct your paths. Believe God that he's putting your foot right where it needs to be. He's leading you right in the right direction. Uh, you know, I, I believe this church is right where we need to be. I believe y'all are right where you need to be. I believe God is directing us and putting us into the right place. I believe that we're going to everything that, 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 that is around us. I don't, I don't see it like that. Now, here we go. Seeing the unseen. Hebrews 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Okay? Walking in faith means you close your eyes and you use that imagination of yours to see how good it's going to be when God shows up. You don't see yourself in bondage and change. You see yourself sitting in a big room full of blessing. Your Christmas dinner is not you alone eating a cold potato, eating a pigeon by yourself. No, you're surrounded by family and friends and loved ones and you're enjoying life and, 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 and worshiping Jesus and praising God and things are good and everybody's healthy, wealthy and blessed and just going out there. Anointing of God's in the house where everybody's getting slain in the spirit and speaking in tongues and just blessing each other and just praying and going on. That's what you're seeing. Hello? You're having to tell the kids, okay, it's time to eat. Put the Bible up and stop reading right now. I know you've been praying for four hours and you've got another an hour, but come, let's eat. Hello? What's your faith going to see? What are you going to believe? I can tell you this, man. I'm going out in a blaze of glory. It's going to be good. The Holy Ghost is there. God's there. It's all good. I see it no other way. Surrounded by my family, surrounded by my friends, surrounded by this church and the people of it, we're going to just launch into heaven. No other way. Amen? So you've got to see the unseen. You've got to be like Rahab and said, no, 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 I'm making a choice. I don't care if the whole city of Jericho doesn't believe, I believe. 
So that's my encouragement to you tonight. Believe. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to your understanding. Quit listening to the psyops that's getting into your brain. Realize that's what it is. The enemy's malarkey to get you messed up. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, I got it. Praise God. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray for everybody out there. I want to pray in here. So stand up if you would. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, everyone here and everyone out there listening right now that where the enemies has gotten his talents into people's minds and they've and been playing the psyops on them, I declare I bro- that is broken in the name of Jesus. They are set free that tonight they can clearly see that they look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of their faith. And Lord, you then take them and begin to order their steps and prepare their ways because they're acknowledging you in all things. I declare over America, Lord God, tonight, that this land, this country that you, you birthed out of, out of, out of these, the, our, our founding fathers, based on your word, based on the word of God, based in faith and belief in you, Lord, it stands. And I declare that every person out there that's been t- tackled and, 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 and hoodwinked by the psyops, it's broken right now when Jesus came. The, the demonic spirits behind it and the propaganda behind it is shut down in the name of Jesus. And I just declare right now, Lord God, that men and women begin to rise up and diligently seek you. And as they diligently seek you, Lord, as, as, you, as you said in, in Matthew 7, they, they'll find you. Woo, Lord, they're going to find you. And then as they find you, Lord God, then they're going to turn and there's going to be a wave of people across this land that are going to stand up and worship you and trust in you with all of their heart. There's going to be a wave, Lord God, of people that are just going to be turning to you. And I declare, Lord God, as we stand on this precipice, we are excited to be with you. We say, use us, Lord God. Do whatever whatever race we're going to run, we're going to run it. Whatever set before us, we're going to run it with endurance. We give us Holy Ghost anointed endurance this night, Lord God, to be your vessels, to be your mouthpieces into this world. And Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray over every person tonight, bless their finances bless their businesses. I declare that we're not going down. We're going up because we're the head, not the tail. And I thank you for your hand of blessing to being upon us, Lord. So bless them this night. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hey, God bless you. I'm glad you tuned in.